From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Well, welcome again to the Straight Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Philpott. Now, on this special edition of the Straight Truth Podcast, we will revisit some excerpts from some of the most popular topics we've discussed with Dr. Richard Caldwell. Now, if you'd like to hear a full version of any one of these topics, we'll include links to those episodes in the description below. Now, Straight Truth is a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to help us continue to produce this podcast, just go to our website, straighttruth.net, and go there and find out how you can help us grow. You can also go to our website and check out all the media that we have there. And we have links there to all of our previous episodes and every topic we've already explored and discussed. You can also find links there to all of our social media channels. So just click on one of those and like and subscribe to that channel. And if you would like to hear any sermon related to these topics, just click on the links below or go to our website and you will find those. Lastly, go to iTunes or the Google Play Store to the podcast section and leave us a good review. Well, today we have a question about marriage. Uh, We have a question from a a young man who says that he wants to have a strong marriage Mm. and a strong family life uh, for for the rest of his days. So I'm wondering from you guys, what what would you say are the keys to having a strong and lasting marriage and home? Before I give my answer, let me address why I think sometimes people ask that question. Because, I mean, the answer is obvious as we'll talk about. It's, it's building your life on the truths of Scripture. It's building your life on Christ, your marriage on Christ, and on the truths revealed in Scripture for marriage. But I think the reason why people ask that question sometimes is maybe they come from a background, a group in a home broken. where it wasn't solid. Yeah, broken home, a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, and they're worried perhaps about repeating that. Mm. You know, I don't have a good model that I grew up in. Now I'm about to get married. I'm afraid that we may one day head down the same road. And I would just encourage young couples, we tend to be conformed to our focus. Uh, Sometimes, for example, someone has, uh, let's say, an angry father, and they say to themselves, I will never be like him, right? So bitterness builds, and I'll never be like that. And then amazingly, they turn out to be just like their father because they live their entire life sort of focused on their father, what they don't want to be. Well, in the same sort of way, we can do that with marriage. You know, I saw my parents' marriage struggle, so I want to make sure I don't do this and I don't do that. And I want to encourage people to think differently. Instead of focusing on what you're not going to be, focus on what you're going to be. Set your focus on what Scripture teaches. Uh, Live your lives. Uh, You know, a good marriage begins with selection, right? So who am I going to marry? Marry someone who loves the Lord. Marry Mm -hmm. someone who genuinely, unmistakably is born again. Um, Make sure that you're born again. Mm -hmm. And then marry someone who loves the Lord Jesus Christ. So then build your, your lives out of reverence for the Lord in every aspect. Pay attention to what he says about the fact that marriage is a lifelong union with one man, one woman for life. So you're not even going to consider divorce. You're not going to let your mind go in those areas. You're going to pursue sexual purity. Uh, You're going to believe the Bible and obey the Scriptures when it speaks to those issues. Husbands are going to strive to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Wives are going to see that they respect their husbands and, and live out what the Bible teaches about being a wife. So it's building your life on Christ in the Scriptures But first, I just want to say, let that be your focus. Mm. Instead of living your life out of fear of what you've seen go wrong, live your life in faith, focusing on what the Bible puts before us as the model. So on the discussion of biblical counseling and and how we handle certain situations in in the church, um, what are maybe some practical steps to restore a marriage uh, that's been struck with infidelity? 
Well, I'm going to assume that there's genuine repentance. Let's let's start there. Right. So let's mm-hmm. let's assume that the person who was unfaithful in the marriage has turned to the Lord, confessed their sin, repented. Uh, the key is going to be on the part of the of the person who um, was faithful. They're going to have to forgive mm-hmm. uh, without genuine forgiveness of their spouse. Um, the marriage is going to have a difficult time recovering. So there's got to be genuine forgiveness. And the way that forgiveness happens is we have to remind ourselves of we are forgiven people mm-hmm. and what we've truly been forgiven of and the, the, the weightiness, the gravity of what the Lord has forgiven in our case. Uh, if we don't do that, then it's going to seem like we have somehow been forgiven of something small and now I'm being asked to forgive something really big. Yeah. Uh, when in reality, whatever I forgive is smaller than anything I've been forgiven of. Mm-hmm. So I've got That's to be true. able to see that. So forgiveness is going to be key. And then on the part of the, the offending party, they've got to be willing, in my view, to take whatever step is necessary to minister to, love the person that they've been unfaithful to. And so they're going to be um, be- new boundaries that help protect them from going down the road they went down, but also steps they can take to impart a sense of confidence and assurance uh, to their spouse that they love them and that they are fully committed to being faithful moving forward. Um, I would also encourage both parties, however, to look to the Lord throughout every step of this mm-hmm. because ultimately the only the, our confidence as married people in the ultimate sense is not in our spouse anyway. Mm-hmm. It's in the Lord. And whether the person is faithful or unfaithful, I'm going to look to Christ. So if we can teach people to be God-reliant, God-dependent, God-focused as they relate to each other, mm. it's going to be helpful. Here's a good question that all parents think about. How do I handle a rebellious teenager? What do I do? Hmm. Well, it depends. It depends on whether we're talking about a rebellious teenager who's a believer or a rebellious teenager who is an unbeliever. So let's start with believer then. A believer, you appeal to them with the truth of God's Word, Mm -hmm. uh, and you appeal to their new nature. Mm -hmm. And if they're truly a believer, then they have eternal life. They have a new nature. The Spirit of God dwells in them. They are going to, at the end of the day, they're going to be receptive to truth. And so you you speak the truth to them in love. Mm -hmm. And you don't just speak the truth to them, though. You've got to live the truth before them. Sometimes, I mean, we want to get to the root of, of where the rebellion is being motivated, um, rebellion in any of us is not excusable. It's sin. We're talking about rebellion, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it's sin. But I do think there are things that contribute to rebellion that we need to be open to and um, honest about. So if my discipline of my teenager is uh, over the top, if it's harsh, that can encourage rebellion. If my discipline toward my teenager is negligent, um, and so I, I there aren't clear parameters and, and there's not a clear guidance there, that can encourage rebellion. If, if I'm trying to get them to do something that I'm doing just the opposite of, so I'm teaching them one thing and I'm living another thing, that can contribute to their rebellion. So I want to ex- examine myself uh, first and, and make sure that I'm standing in the right place. And then if I can say with a clear conscience, not that I'm a perfect parent, but I'm a consistent one and striving to do what's pleasing in the sight of God, then I'm just going to appeal to them with the truth of God's Word. And uh, try, try to, you know, obviously you talk to them, you listen to them, you try to find out what's motivating this. But if they're a believer, I appeal to them with Scripture. What about unbeliever? 
I mean, I guess in a lot of cases, a parent might not even know if their child is believing mm. or not. Right. So if you have two believing parents, strongly part of a church and, uh, and trying to raise their children mm. uh, according, you know, according to what the scriptures say, but they have a teenager that is rebelling in, in the home and rebelling against parents, what, what do they do? And so the answer, I think, for the parent who has the unbelieving child is you evangelize them. Um, you, you preach the gospel to them. And by preach, I just mean, you know, converse with them about the gospel. You, you, you continue to present Christ to them. You continue to pray for them. I think we underestimate the prayer aspect of it sometimes too. The, the most powerful thing you can engage in outside of conversations about Christ is just pray for them. Uh, pray for them and then look for opportunities as the Lord opens doors for you to continue to pour into their lives. Um, love them. I think it's important for them to know that your love for them is love for them. Too often, parents parent for their own glory. That's right. They're more concerned about their reputation than they are about their child's soul. And uh, I've told parents before, it wouldn't be easy to live through. Okay, I'm not going to say it would be easy. But if my reputation was trashed and all of my children eventually came to faith in Christ, I would take that over a sterling reputation and one of my children is in hell one day. I'm not sovereign. I cannot save my children, but I will, I will work for their salvation in the sense of preaching the gospel, praying for them, trying to live it before them and loving them. And uh, outside of that, I, I can't control the outcome. So we look to the Lord. Pastor, you've raised four kids. And I'm raising children right now. So our question here pertains to me as it does to you in reflection. I'm trying to raise children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, as the scriptures uh, exhort me to do. I also know the scriptures say that children should obey their parents, which they don't always do. I find it, find it difficult from time to time uh, to raise my kids. But I want to be a godly parent. How would you encourage someone like me who wants to be a godly parent? You know, Jeff, let me, let me answer that question uh, thinking about my own children, mm -hmm. because I have two children who have children. And if they sat down with me today and said, you know, Dad, we want to raise our children in a way that honors Christ, what advice do you have for us? You know, one of the things that comes to mind is this is a lifelong endeavor. Mm -hmm. So until your children are out of your home, and even when they're out of your home, they're going to honor you for a lifetime and you can be a counselor to them. Mm -hmm. It's an ongoing endeavor, which means you're going to have to have patience diligence, endurance. You have to stay at it. I would also tell my children that you can't teach what you're not willing to live. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to train your children well, you need to examine your own devotion to our God and to His Son. So, for example, if you're going to teach your children to study the Bible, are you a good student of the Bible? If you're going to teach your children to pray, are you someone devoted to prayer? If you're going to teach your children, as, as we should, to love the church, mm -hmm. do you model what it means to love the church? Mm -hmm. If you're going to teach your children how to be faithful with their money, to honor God with what he gives to them, examine yourself and ask, are you honoring the Lord with your wealth? Are you, are you generous? Are you supporting the Lord's work with giving? Uh, if you're going to teach your children about sexual purity, mm -hmm. you need to examine your own life and ask, are you watching over your heart and your mind? Are you being a good example there? If you're going to warn your children about the dangers that are found in the world, uh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the boastful pride of life, are you aware of those avenues of temptation? 
Are you watching over your own life in those areas? So I would, I would just, and there are other things we could talk about, but I would just say you need to examine yourself because you're the teacher. Mm-hmm. You're the teacher. The primary mm-hmm. teacher of our children is the church equips parents mm-hmm. who then are the primary teachers of their children. Mm-hmm. And so as the teacher, you're going to teach them not just by what you say, but by how you live. Primarily, I would say by how you live. Mm-hmm. And if you're consistent, then they can hear you and what you have to say will matter to them through the years. If you are inconsistent, in a pattern kind of way, if you if you live the life of a hypocrite, eventually you will exasperate your children and they'll become bitter. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to live it out. I would also say that your marriage is vital. Mm-hmm. You know the the best place to to, to uh, demonstrate devotion to God and to His Word is is the one relationship that's before your children's eyes every day, mm-hmm. and that is you and your wife, or in the case obviously of a, of a woman, you and your husband. Are you loving? the person that God has given you in marriage? Are husbands loving their wives as Christ loved the church? Are wives respecting their husbands in the way that Scripture teaches? Because a parent relationship to children is an authority relationship. So we need to model what it means to be under the authority of God in our own lives, and that includes how we treat each other. So I, I, would, I would exhort them in those ways. I would also exhort them to make the family a priority. Mm-hmm. We live in a very busy world. And it's so easy to uh, get involved in so many different things that take us out of the home, away from the home. Things like having meals together, mm-hmm. things like real conversation with your children. We can be so busy and that, that by the time we get to our children, we're tired and we don't have meaningful, substantive conversation with them. Guard your family time. Make it a priority. Uh, I think that's important. Thanks again for joining us for the Straight Truth Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information about this podcast, just go to our website, straighttruth.net. And there you can find links to all of our previous episodes, also some other helpful information about these topics. We also have merchandise there for you to purchase if you would like to. Now, Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries, the preaching ministry of Pastor Richard Caldwell. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.